welcome to the Creating Queensland podcast. There are a number of interesting and exceptional people in the Queensland property and development industry. My guest today, Rob Flux, is one of them. Rob founded the Property Developer Network, a monthly meetup group for developers in Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. In this episode, we discuss his goal of setting a thousand plus people financially free by the year 2030, how he got started in property, and of course, tips for property development. This is episode 19 of the Creating Queensland podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Reynolds. My day job is Director of Urban Planners Queensland, a private town planning consultancy based in Brisbane. This podcast is about getting to know the people behind the projects and is a platform to share ideas, expert advice and opinions. Thank you for listening to the Creating Queensland podcast. Please leave a review and you can find out more by visiting upqld.com.au. I'm here today with Rob Flux of the Property Developer Network. Yes, hi Jess, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Can you tell us a bit about what you do day to day? What I do day to day, it's a wide and varied mix. Uh, I like to have every single day different. I run developments of my own accord. I've got uh, four on the go at the moment and a fifth one I'm hoping to be signed any minute. Uh, but I also run a networking group to uh, support up and coming mum and dad developers that I would say arguably is the largest network of its kind Australia wide. Okay, and how did this all start? Uh, five mates sitting around a kitchen table that all figured that none of us knew it all, but if we helped each other, we knew that we could collectively uh, get better outcomes for our own projects. Okay, so were you already doing your own development projects? Yeah. And what sort of time frame are we looking at here? Uh, 10 years ago or? So I got the group together about nine years ago, okay. the, the five mates, mm-hmm. uh, and we started helping each other then. but. As each mate invited a mate, uh, about seven years ago, that became a public networking group. Okay. Uh, so this month is actually our seventh birthday. Okay, congratulations. That's Thank a you. bit of an achievement. Thank you. There's so, now 6,000 people in that community Australia-wide. That's amazing. And we run monthly networking events in Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. Okay. And can you tell me a little bit more, if you can, about how you grew it from that five people around a table to that 6,000-person network? Like, I'm sure there was a lot of things that happened in between there. Has this been just, you know, you just came up with a concept that people loved and so it just kept joining or did you actually um, grow that and add things? I know you've got Facebook groups. I know you've got your monthly networking. Like, has it been you driving this or has it just been such a need that it's just exploded on its own? I'm going to say it's a combination of both. So it really was a mate inviting a mate and that word of mouth was very big in the early days. And then it got to a point where there was a very clear need Uh, And at that point, I looked at, well, I'm actually enjoying the fact that I'm helping people. I very much like the process. People were coming and asking me directly to teach them the process and how do I Mm -hmm. do things. Um, And so then that formed, I guess, a business uh, approach to how do I follow my passion? Mm -hmm. Um, So I can follow a passion, but uh, still get paid in doing it. Yeah, Yeah. ideal. Yeah, that's that's the dream. (laughs) Okay, so... You've started this network. I'm actually, the question I had was, I'm a bit surprised that it has grown so much considering we have the internet now. You'd think that people would just go online and all the information would be there and you'd just be able to be a developer overnight. So the challenge is, and being a town planner, you would understand this, 537 councils Australia-wide is 537 different sets of rules. And so when you jump online for a bit of advice, the advice that you get is valid, but not necessarily in the area that you're in. And so what we specialize in is trying to localize that knowledge 
so that it's actually applicable in the in the areas that people are in. Okay, so, so you're helping people create almost like there would be a process, I assume, for development anywhere in Australia, but the advice you're getting through that process is different. Correct. Or, so there's okay. so a framework. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been fortunate to work inside council as well as outside. Um, I used to be IT manager at Darwin City Council many, many moons ago, so I was quite privy to the inside uh, runnings of how council work. Uh, and so have also seen it on the outside, I guess, going through the application process. And there is a framework. There's layers of legislation at federal, state and local. Mm -hmm. And if you understand the hierarchy of those things, how and where they apply, then they apply everywhere equally, but there's different terminology uh, and uh, you know, you find things in different places on different council websites. But if you know roughly what you're looking for, we guide them through the process. Okay, excellent. And so you said you're doing your own projects and you've got a few on the go at the moment. Are they all in Brisbane? And if so, why? Uh, in southeast Queensland okay. as opposed to Brisbane specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and why? Because it's geographically convenient. Okay. Uh, you can do developments anywhere. That's not the, I guess it's not the limiting factor but I don't want to drive two hours or fly uh, in order to get to my projects. Okay, um, so you think it is important to have, you know, feet on the ground and oh, actually physically seeing absolutely. what's happening. You could do something in, you know, Tasmania, but you would have to be flying there quite a bit. Is that your sort of... You could do it remotely, but it just adds mm -hmm. some extra challenges. What you see with your eyes, mm -hmm. uh, you don't know how someone else is going to interpret the same piece of information. So, yeah, um, I think that's definitely something that comes a bit of a disconnect. I always try and make a point of going to site when we do projects because definitely um, you can get caught up in that paper desktop look. And once you go out there and get an actual look and feel of a site, it can be completely different. Yeah, correct. Um, but there's a lot to be said for a desktop analysis before wasting your time going oh, out. Definitely. You know, I'm not driving out to Ipswich on a whim. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. As lovely as it is out there. Okay, so I would say that you've reached a certain level of success. Um, most people in the industry in Brisbane would know your name and know about your network. And I obviously having 6,000 people nationwide, you know, but I would say that's a level of success. Would you Absolutely. agree? Absolutely. And is, is, how would you define success then? So success has many forms and many mm -hmm. drivers. Uh, some people deem financial being success. Uh, some people deem time to be success. For me, it's about how many people can I actually influence and uh, how many lives I can change. Mm -hmm. um, I've set myself a personal goal of setting 1,000 people financially free by the year 2030. Okay. Um, and me, I, I enjoy watching somebody go from not knowing much to doing their first project and watching them evolve. And then mm -hmm. when they're doing project three, four or five and they're doing it on their own accord and then they're teaching other people, that gives me, uh, I guess, a, a great deal of, I guess, inner. Um, yeah. When did you, obviously, you sort of would have kind of known that, but when did you actually figure that out? Was um, it, you know, for straight from the start or was it sort of like four years in and going, hey, actually, no, I really I enjoy this and I'm going to make some bigger goals? I or? think that was about when we just, when I decided to actually make it a formal group. So mm -hmm. seven years ago, I went, well, people are actually benefiting from this process and mm -hmm. I'm enjoying imparting my knowledge. Uh, so... Yeah, seven years ago, next month. Okay, yeah. and where are you? So you've got the thousand people. Are you changing anything within your, your business to achieve that? Or is it just, this is the goal and I'm just gonna get the word out? So there's a, we do a combination of things and then I'll turn that onto silence just That's to- That's all right. Uh, 
my humble apologies. I can um, cut that out. It's a combination of things. Everybody wants or needs something different to help mm -hmm. them on their journey. So we provide almost a smorgasbord of services to, for them to say, well, this is the bit that I need to help me with right now. Okay. Uh, we have our informal networking where we offer that as a support group. We have industry experts come in and talk every month. Mm -hmm. We have people sharing their own projects so people can learn, I guess, the good and the bad of a project. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have a masterminding process all as those monthly meetups. Then we have services like deal finding and that sort of thing where we can find a deal and flick it on um, to people if they, if they don't have time to do that for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, we joint venture with people if, if they want to learn the process and come on the journey with us. Um, and we r run formal 12 month training courses. So it's a okay. bit of a mix and match. Um, yeah. And not one size fits all. Okay. And so what do you find is your most popular service that you offer? Uh, in Queensland, I guess. So the networking group is the mm -hmm. most popular. Um, I would say that is it our, just ease of access to it because it's just it's ease of access and the fact that we we run a masterminding process mm -hmm. to help people with their project and mm -hmm. help so every every person gets to talk about their their current issue or challenge and the group tries to collectively help them out mm -hmm. uh, and so people might be stuck halfway through their project um, and at the end of that they they get half a dozen different ways to solve that and you know next month come back with a different problem. Okay. Um, probably our next popular would be our, our 12 month courses where people just don't know where to start and mm -hmm. um, we get lots of inquiries on that. So. Okay. Well, you've probably seen a few good and bad projects. Can you give me an <laughs> example of the worst project you've seen or biggest failure you've seen, if are, that's possible? You, you don't need to use names. It doesn't have to be good, yours. So it it could be, be something that you could just see somebody just royally messed up. Um, Rather than name an individual project, what mm -hmm. I'd probably prefer to do for your listeners' benefit is to say the kinds of projects yeah. that happen. And the challenge is that every real estate on agent on earth will tell you that a site is developable and look at, you know, look at the zoning, it's got this maximum potential, but they don't tell you what the constraints are that apply to the site, mm -hmm. whether or not you can actually reach that potential. And even if it is developable, they don't tell you if it's going to be profitable. And mm -hmm. so they're upselling you on, I guess, this dream. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of naive people come in uh, thinking that they're going to have this massive upside, not understanding all of the hidden costs that sit underneath. And I see a lot of, uh, I guess, part-time or mum and dad developers fail because mm -hmm. they've, they've bought into the hype of a real estate agent. Okay. Um, so educate yourself before going in is probably the, the guidance. Okay. Yeah. Would you educate yourself as you go or would you go and do training prior to even looking at property? What sort of, uh, so what do you think is better? D, all of the above. <laughs> um, I've been doing property for 32 years and I'm still learning every day. So mm -hmm. you need to have that open mindset to always keep mm -hmm. learning. Uh, but you should educate yourself enough so that you know the right kind of questions to ask your consultants. The more educated you are, the better question you ask, the better question you ask, the better answer you get. Mm -hmm. um, and that will be a continual improvement process till the end of time. Yeah. Do you think failure is inevitable? Oh my goodness, I can't even say that word. So, Do you think failure is very probable for most developers? The answer is absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not that it's failure of the project as a whole, 
-hmm. but there are going to be elements of a project that don't go to plan. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's important to have contingencies in place to understand which elements of the project you know are going to run smoothly and which elements you're not 100% sure of, uh, and then go get the appropriate consultants to advise on those elements uh, to try and mitigate that. Um, in the end, property developers are problem solvers, mm -hmm. so you need to identify the problem up front. Uh, if you don't identify it, your feasibility looks fantastic, mm -hmm. uh, but the problem will still eventually uh, pop out during the project. Okay. Do you think you need to have a certain type of personality to be able to deal with development, knowing that these problems are going to arise quite often and probably at high financial stakes? Um, I've seen people of multiple personalities deal mm -hmm. with it, and I don't mean that they've got <laughs> split personalities. Uh, I, I think if you, if you love problem solving, then you're going to have a very long, uh, a long association with property development. Yep. If you don't, then you really need to make sure that the first project or two goes smoothly, otherwise you'll grow to hate it very quickly. Um, but if you get the first one or two underway, understand that you build your confidence as you build your competence. Uh, then I've seen all sorts of people uh, take on property development and quite successfully. So it, it's within grasp of everyone. Excellent. Okay, so what is your biggest success story that you've come across? Either you've created or you've seen, you know, you've had hundreds of people go through your services really. Have you seen anyone who's just gone from zero to a hundred or has it been, it is for everyone a long process? Everyone is a different journey. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen people in our courses, I've got one gentleman who's six months into one in one to one of our courses and he's got four deals underway at the moment, mm -hmm. right? So that's an outstanding result. We've got other people who will go through the entire 12 months uh, and and not, uh, not get into a single deal at all. Mm -hmm. And it really comes down to your risk appetite, how much you're prepared to take on, mm -hmm. and also the amount of effort that you put in up front. Um, what I find is, and you talked about personalities before, if you need success, then you will put the effort in to make that mm -hmm. happen. If you want success, um, then most people don't necessarily have the drive to make that happen. Um, they mix up goals and fantasies. Yeah. Um, do you encourage people to develop on the side as a hobby or do you think it is more of a full-time I'm going to say that 95% of the people mm -hmm. who come into our community start with it part-time. Yep. Uh, learn the skills part-time. Most of the projects that they're going to start on are easily manageable part-time. Mm -hmm. As their first project becomes uh, comes to fruition and the paycheck comes in, they realise that very quickly that part-time work has either duplicated or doubled their, mm -hmm. uh, their day job. And they say, well, if I was able to do that on three or four hours a week, um, imagine what I can do when I do that full time. Mm -hmm. uh, so we encourage them to build a little bit of a nest egg so they can afford to do that part, uh, full time before they pull the trigger. Um, but two or three projects in, then uh, we see plenty of people transition. Yeah, okay, excellent. Um, do you see any significant changes coming to the development industry? in future or do you think we're, we're, it's going to be pretty standard for the next few years or next decade? I think housing styles are changing. Mm -hmm. um, so as we look at our changing demographics uh, Australia-wide, 
there's a couple of very clear trends. So we're going to have a requirement for nearly 10, 000, sorry, 10 million more people over the next 25 mm -hmm. years Australia-wide. So in particular, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and Perth is going to get the bulk of those people. Mm -hmm. That means a lot of new housing stock that is required. So yeah. if you break that down, there's uh, an average of 2.6 people per household. Um, so 10 million people broken down is about 160,000 new dwellings required mm -hmm. every year. Um, it's a few. But where do they fit? Mm -hmm. um, as our baby boomers are aging, uh, they are looking to downsize because they can't look after their big backyard anymore. As our younger generation is growing up, the old cafe latte lifestyle, they don't really want to ne necessarily want a backyard. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're seeing a bigger trend towards smaller and smaller housing stock and a mix of stock in what the industry is calling the yes. missing middle. Okay. Um, so it's not all just about greedy developers, it is actually about there is a need and a market demand. Absolutely, a need and a market demand. And uh, some councils are very uh, switched on with recognising that and others aren't. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I were privy to a, to a presentation this morning and I'll let you make your own uh, assertions as to where the, the current Brisbane City Council sit. But yes. uh, yeah, there's... Uh, that's a whole nother conversation. That's <laughs> Uh, correct. Okay, uh, so we've got all this new stock that's going to be required. Um, how do you think people should deal with the planning process? I'm obviously a town planner and I've got one way of looking at it, but you working with developers day in, day out, how would you approach town planning from the get-go So on a project? So the first thing is educate yourself to actually know how to read the city plan. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say pick a single strategy not multiple strategies. Mm -hmm. The old bright, shiny object-itis tends to uh, to distract a lot of people. Get to know that one strategy really, really well. That Do it in one council, so there's one set of rules to learn. So when you narrow your focus like that, then it's actually quite simple to learn the small elements that you need to do that one strategy. Okay, so when you talk about a strategy, do you mean niching down completely into one area, say Brisbane, and one type of development, dual occupancy? Is that how niche down Correct. would go? So it could be dual occupancy, could okay. be subdivisions, could be townhouses, mm -hmm. could be units. Uh, okay, it, so it, niche down on that. It could be rent yep. per room. Niche down on your strategy. Mm -hmm. um, that will make the amount of effort in learning the process quite simple. Uh, it also means that you're going to become an expert in that rather than a jack of all trades and master of none. Mm -hmm. What that then allows you to do is then pre-qualify a site so that when they come and speak to someone like yourself, you're not dealing with all these sites that are duds. Mm -hmm. um, Would be appreciated. <laughs> yes. So my, I feel that my job is not to make someone an absolute expert, mm -hmm. but to make sure that they ask the right questions of the experts. Mm -hmm. And so they can take you a qualified deal and what you're doing is fine tuning it as opposed to uh, educating them on the process. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, yeah, you're, you're spending your day being productive in actually putting applications in and our guys are spending their time being productive finding the deals to bring to you. Yeah, I think things will go a lot quicker and smoother and it's really great advice. Okay, so if people do want to contact you, how do they find you? Uh, they can come to either our website, so developernetwork.com.au uh, or they can Google Property Developer Network uh, and I think I own the first three pages of Google for all of that. Um, or they can go to robflux.com. 
Excellent. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. No problems. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for listening to the Creating Queensland podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Reynolds, and you can find out more about me and Urban Planners Queensland by visiting upqld.com.au.